You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to In the Open with Teresa and America. Hi, guys. We are finishing the third of a three-part series, which started with how do I be myself? Will people like the real me? And how do I find people like me, which is what we're talking about today. And this whole topic stemmed, um, if you haven't been following, from a listener who sent us an email about something that she noticed about a, a conversation with friends where she knows that she's historically an overthinker and a talker where she gets with uh, all of her friends and there's a lot of just shared energy right in the conversation and we many of us kind of know what this feels like but then she was forced into a situation where there was more measured thoughtful short responses where she also felt like she had used fewer words but listened more and and found that she really enjoyed that conversation style but didn't know how to make sense of this in the context of how do I make this happen? <laughs> like, what's what's going on here in the context of this relationship? So today's topic is how do I find people like me? How does this resonate with, with us when it comes to relationships and the way we communicate with others? So America, I have lots of thoughts, but I don't want to dump on that yet. Like, do you want to? <laughs> My thoughts start more of an introspective question for myself is how did I come to understand the type of conversation that I really connect with. And I think it's through trial and error. So mm-hmm. once I found it, which for me, I, I like the measured conversation. And I just want you to tell me, I want you to be honest. I don't need you to give me all these frills and whistles to make your experience feel any certain way. Just tell me what it is. And and that's what I, what comes across as more honesty and gives me more of an ability to connect with that person at a deeper level. So what resonated with me about Lauren's email was, I feel like I converse differently when I'm in different stages of my life. And certainly my mental health does change the way I talk to people. So clear example. I had this whole period of time, like last week or for four days, I was spinning really hard and I just could not control my thoughts or the literal words out of my mouth. And I have a lot of moments where I say things and I immediately scream inside my head to tell myself to stop talking. Okay. And I cannot stop talking. And then I feel shame spiral from having spoken words. And then I was telling somebody over the weekend like that I had an incredible urge to apologize. <laughs> and when she was saying, you know, she she's very overthinker and just talks a lot. I was like, that sounds like that space in my head where I'm just like, there's so many thoughts. It's all jarbled. And I don't have the capacity to stop it from moving from my brain to my mouth. Mm-hmm. And if I'm excited or in a safe space, then I'm also like, you know, the way that that plays out with friendship sometimes is I can get with a friend who's kind of like this too. And we end up totally over talking with some of our other friends who just sit there and listen to us. And I'm sure they're super annoyed because they can never get a word in edgewise. Yeah. 
let me ask you though, because you're you're relating that experience to your mental health. So is is that because you had a higher level of anxiety within the last couple of days that then led you to be this way? Yeah, no, for sure. It's tied to when I am way more stressed and have okay. overwhelming anxiety that I cannot control, which is different than my baseline and then different from when I'm depressed and I don't talk to anybody. I'm just in my head and I don't even have the energy to speak. Yeah, that's what, it makes me think about like when I am upset, I'm much more measured in my conversation, I really don't want to converse. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you the information you need and I'm going to move on. Mm. But then I've also been on the other side where there may be a person who's having a more immediate need for interaction out of crisis, out of anxiety. And literally I've been that person sitting there like, wow, yeah, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Let's go back to you <laughs> since that's the, sorry, <laughs> but I also understand it, right? Like I, I recognize that there may be something that is pushing you to be that way. But then my, my other thought, and we can kind of dig into it a little bit later is given that I can recognize that this is something that is happening. How can I, as your friend come to you and say, Hey, you know, when you do this, you know, like that conversation. Yeah. So it's really funny because the topic is called like, how do I find people like me? But one of the things I wonder is you don't, you find people that you trust and you love and you like because they have shared hobbies, but communication styles, is that learned? For example, I can be a hot mess if I just let myself go and I don't check my impulses about how I'm being a good conversationalist. Yeah. But my husband is a good example of someone who really likes regimented speech. And he had to train me on how to speak to meet his needs. And I could have been offended by it. Or I mean, I let's be honest, like when that process started, I had a lot of thoughts in my head. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is so annoying. Who talks like that? <laughs> like I have to modify here. Yeah, uh, stop it. This person needs you to talk differently than you talk. Yeah. And when I let myself talk the way he talks, it is very hard, but I do find some benefit from it, especially if I can hold back the snarkiness judgmentalness, you know, and like give yeah. myself the time and space to lean into that and experience and see how different ways of communicating can be good. I, I do believe that conversational styles can be learned. I think part of that arises from the things we've had in our childhood. So, you know, there are people that they just jump into conversation and they never, ever hit pause enough to for me to even be like, oh, wow, that's great. Let's take a beat and you can hear about me. And th that requires some effort. But especially when you're getting to know people, it can be a little off-putting because you're not really sure. Like, does this person even know how to have a conversation? Generally, it's a back and forth thing. You know, it's not one-sided. So in my experience, I tend to have more of the the regimented style of conversation and somebody that is continuously like, 
cutting me off really doesn't take me into account. It's like, you're just talking to the wall. You just want to just hear yourself talk. Then go talk to the wall, dude. Like, I'm just here for what? As a prop? So I think you have to be very intentional about it. This whole podcast needs to be renamed How to Be a Good Conversationalist. (laughs) Which is tied to how to be a good friend and how to find people like you and Mm -hmm. gel with people. I think you're right. Being in relationship with others means that conversations have to be equitable. If you have two overthinkers, that's great because you're on par with each other. (laughs) You're like vibing in that way. But if you throw someone in who is not like that, it's is it our job as overthinkers and overtalkers to be intentional about making sure people feel included in a conversation? Mm-hmm. I think f- when I think of my friends who aren't, like I have started to say things to my friends who are are the overtalkers. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we need to ask this other person questions. <laughs> we need to be attentive to their needs too. I struggle though a little bit with the the connection that is made initially when you start like just meeting people because there's uh, I'm going to say there's a buffer. There's a, mm-hmm. a bit of a buffer in you navigating how to talk to somebody new because you're not really sure. Right. And yeah. so part of that then requires for you to kind of think one, not be judgmental. Cause in that moment, if somebody's coming at me like, oh, blah, 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 then I'm just like, oh, wow, you're really excited. I don't think I I can really be around that energy. And thanks. You know, if you would want to explore even doing anything, I'd be like, oh, my God, do you ever shut up? Yeah, I'm sure I've lost many friends (laughs) if I was in a bad moment. Okay, you you can't help it. You're you're saying, you know, you can't help it. You're you're saying I I don't have a lot of of bandwidth to find new people in my life. So I'm going to prioritize it when I feel like I'm gelling with someone. I know I know that that's how most people are. And it's it's the hardest when you're lonely because you're really looking to make new friends. And I'll just say as someone who's who's has to work hard at managing the experiences when things are tough. Mm-hmm. I just have a lot of empathy for that experience where I've met people who I could tell like maybe we haven't learned that skill or we're in a hard part and people are really dismissing you and that creates loneliness. It's like whose responsibility is it? Is it your responsibility, America, as the more normal brain person to have empathy and give people chances or is it my responsibility to mask and cover that up until I can be my best self in a relationship like I don't I don't know you know versus you know is a question about finding the right person who doesn't care and just likes you for who you are I think it's not um it's not a either or because part of it is also tied to to your personality right like I, I really have a thing for not creating a space where somebody feels othered or set aside. So I myself am, I would consider myself an introvert, right? Where I, I am completely fine sitting in a corner, thoughts to myself, not interacting with people. But I know that that's not always the case because if you're like at a party or something, you're like, why don't you just stay home, yo? <laughs> like, but when I see other people in that similar space, then I kind of 
just go and approach them and just try to engage in a conversation so that maybe I have taken it in and interpreted like, oh, look, there's another person that looks similar to me and that we're sitting on our own. So maybe we oh, that already binds us, connects us in some way. So how did you find people that were your friends? Like, Is it about your conversation style versus how much of it is about other things? I think it's, I think it's both. It's about personality, you know, like, do we vibe off one another? Do we understand one another, which ties to conversation? But I think the larger part of it is feeling like you have some sort of connection. Um, and that connection can be anything, right? So it creates an opportunity for you to connect with someone and then helps to identify additional points of connection that may exist. They may not always exist. And that's when you then kind of have to hone in on, okay, I like this person for these things and they're good if, you know, I want to hang out and chill and play games. But they may not be the greatest if I want to go to a party. You have different friends for different... For different okay, social environments. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot that's left over from how hard it was for me to make friends when I was little to the way that I make friends now. Like some of the habits that I had means that I can make friends, but I'm bad at keeping friends. If I move away and I'm not in their vortex of life circumstances, I'm not a good keeper upper on the phone. Yeah, you've shared that. And then sometimes I wonder if I'm ever bringing my genuine self to a conversation. So do I have a lot of relationships where I'm spending time with people, but they don't really know who I am? Am I even being myself? And so do these people even know me or care about who I am or, or or do they just like that I am either entertaining or a good question asker, you know? Yeah, yeah. The, so I'm going to say as someone who is had a hard time finding people, I had to find people. I didn't find people like me. I had to just find people who could I could tolerate, who could also tolerate me. <laughs> it's like finding a job. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found it easiest to have a shared experience. For example, I it was easier to find people who wanted to go on a hike or a walk okay. or do an activity. And it didn't matter first if I if they were like me, just find some kind of context that gave me cover mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to just put some structure around myself. This is especially true when I was by myself. So I've moved to a couple new cities, been super alone. That's the worst case scenario because I'm like, I do not want to be alone. Yeah. I don't, I'm not ever healthy in that situation. But the thought of meeting new people scares the heck out of me. And that was the only way to just start to meet other people. And then once I was there, yeah, you do your thing, right? You find at least just one person who you jive with. Yeah. Who I can tolerate, who can tolerate me just enough. And then you set up the, the date. I like that idea. Of the dinner, the coffee. Right. And you're like, that's you where buffer. I think the conversation style starts to really come into play. Yeah, it sucks because it feels a little in how you describe it. It's like dating. Definitely. But that's what it is, right? Your friends, your friends are really the people that help you refine your ideas of yourself. 
And I think it's okay to explore. There are so many opportunities to really think about, oh, do I really like this person at all? Nope, never talking to them again. Bye. And not out of forced need, right? Like they're your coworker, but I've also done that. Like I had a coworker who I try to have a friendship with. And then I was like, no, I don't like you outside of work. <laughs> and, you know, we were cordial, but it was still a little weird after that. Yeah. Is it very hard to find people? Yes. To you. Okay, me too. It, I think it's just hard for everyone, right? Yes. It's just like it's hard to date. It's hard to find friends. It's hard to find a partner. Gosh, that's like a whole nother level. Yeah, different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in our brains, I don't know if you feel this way. Have you ever looked around the world and just thought, why does it seem like it's easy for some people? <laughs> I think it looks easy for some people because they are more adept at having casual conversation. And for me, casual conversation does not make a friendship. I've been in different spaces where there are people that automatically, they can just talk to whoever is in their vicinity and make those people feel like they are completely connected. Hmm. So I don't know where that comes from. Is it, is it a natural thing for them? I, th I think it may be. But all those people that you can just talk to, those people do not become your friends. Even with this example, like, yes, so you can talk to them, have conversations about whatever, but it would take additional work for you to be, to become a friend. In my opinion, I rather not engage in casual conversation. I mean, I can do it, but if I'm going to talk to you, it's because I like you enough that I could con consider you a friend. I get what you're saying, but I also feel like there are people who may have that personality and mm -hmm. then they also seem like they're very good at making and keeping friends. Really? I'm sure something in my brain is being warped by social media or television, you know? Yeah. Does making friends make you anxious? Um. Yeah, it makes me anxious. It's you feel... You well, I'm not going to say you, I'm going to say I feel vulnerable, right? And, and yeah. trying to figure out what to share, what not to share. And that question, like, oh, my God, can I really show you who I am? Because if I really show you who I am, are you going to actually like this person? I don't know. Yeah. And so you test a couple things. Sometimes yeah. I say a couple things that are a little, a little more Teresa humor. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, and okay. Like, did you pick up on that? Do you think it was funny? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so I think that's a normal experience. Absolutely. I think when when you start exploring spaces to find people, don't count out the things that you are also interested in exploring a little bit further, right? Like it's not like, okay, let's say I want to do puzzles and I'm not really a puzzle person, right? And then I'm like, well, I could do that. And you wouldn't even explore because you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to be this like super puzzle person, whatever. And it's like, actually no, you could just go and learn about it. Maybe you'll find somebody that's at that beginning stage too, you know? Let me ask you a question. 
Have you been in a relationship with someone who really forced you to converse differently than the way you wanted? I think you have to, you always are going to have to understand how the other person receives um, information and their style to be able to um, be at the level where you're actually listening to one another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's in my friendships. That's, that's in my personal relationship, you know, that's in work. So it's, it's like a constant thing. What does that look like? Oh, it, it looks like me taking a lot of pauses to, um, be like, don't just say what comes inside your head. <laughs> mm. Um, so it's about making sure that the message that comes out is, correct is saying Mm. what I actually want to say you know what I mean instead of completely just reacting and just saying whatever the hell and being like huh what do you think about that I really resonate with what Lauren said my partner has set up a rule where maybe especially in hard moments but ideally I think this is how he just wants to talk he has to finish what he says then I have to repeat or summarize what he says. Then I have to announce that I'm now giving my opinion, <laughs> give my opinion, and then f- announce that I'm finished. And he wants eye contact, which is so hard for me. I, I need eye contact. I do too. I hear and connect with the experience from your partner. And I'll tell you why that that's relevant for me and my fiance. Okay. Because I'm I'm kind of in your space. Like I'm if I was with friends, we're just like, bah, man, we're vibing, we're going back and forth. It doesn't matter. You can cut me off. We're just chilling, whatever. But with these types of conversations that require, I guess, more thought, I don't freaking know. Okay. There's it's like maybe it's a thing about for me and my brain, I need to actually listen intently and hear what's being said instead of automatically reacting. And for him, I think he does the thing where uh, when I'm saying something, he's already thinking of a response. Mm -hmm. So he's not really listening, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's when I'm like, let me finish and then say what you need to say. Yeah. So you're not reacting to the one word that was included in my sentence. And it's frustrating because I do what, they're asking me to do. But I find that I feel resentful about it. And I will sometimes play in my head where what I feel like is happening is they're demanding that I'm listening. But I have many examples of when I've talked to them and maybe I did not feel like they were listening. So why bother? Oh, man. <laughs> don't. Don't do that, Teresa. Why bother? Because you're not. And it's not fair because if I stopped back and I wasn't with my emotional brain and I looked at my rational brain, I would say, you know, what you did was fly by information. And maybe <laughs> that's why they need con- eye contact because eye contact and short intentional speech signals to a person, this is important information. And this is why I'm speaking to you this way versus me. I think all the things that come out of my mouth have purpose. So even if if I said it fly by, it still had meaning and value. (laughs) Yeah. I think all of these things that we've talked about today are tied to relational 
aspects of human beings, right? How we relate to one another, how we talk to one another. But when you're trying to find somebody that is like you, you have to understand what you want out of it. What are you, what are you looking for? If you just go out into the world, it's like, I just want to meet people. Okay. Then you should, you should be open to meeting all kinds of people. If that's what you're coming into the world with. Right. Or you're like, I want to, I want to meet people who are able to have conversations about meaningful things. And you identify what those meaningful things are. I want to talk to people who don't care about anything other than the next Marvel movie. And you know that that's the space that you're getting in, but that requires for you to identify that and feel comfortable with what you've identified to then go seek it out. I'll add this one point, which I think is pertinent in this conversation, which is that we, it kind of goes full circle to the beginning because I didn't, I don't necessarily, I did not look for a partner that had the same conversation style that I do, but I do I ask that of what I'm looking for in a friend? And why wouldn't I look for that in a partner? I would not have discounted him as a partner because his conversation style was different. I did think that it was interesting. If I think back to the 15 years ago when we first met, I was like, this guy, the way he talks is very interesting. Okay. I mean, and certainly what makes this relationship valuable and meaningful is so much more than that. I mean, even the fact that I have to compromise and that I'm willing to work towards compromise is value in and of itself. And I see him do the same for me, you know? And so we may not gel in that way, but we gel on so many other ways. And the way we converse, I find, makes us better people. Mm-hmm. working towards meeting each other's needs in that way, I think does make us better people, even though it's super frustrating. Yeah. And that that's what makes that relationship worthwhile. That's great. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us on this is a very exploratory topic. I don't know. It's, you try your best to get this life guiding conversation into 30 minutes and it's, it can be rough. So if you stuck with us to the end, we thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.